Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I am a compulsive overeater from Maryland, recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Friday, February 26th, 20, sorry, 22nd. And today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in Bill's story on page 10. And we're going to be reading the third paragraph, starting with I had always believed and focusing on that paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Barbara E., Jen A., Lauren N. The reference numbers for yesterday's meetings, the 7 a.m. meeting for February 21st is 12,578. That's 12,578. And for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, is twelve thousand five please you are now unmuted. I'm getting an echo. Okay, that's all right, I don't hear that anymore. Okay, wonderful. Thank you all for the back end service there on the dashboard. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. We neither solicit nor accept outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Deanne F. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Deanne. Good morning. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. 
Thank you, Deanne F. I will now ask for Christina L. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Christina. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but... We ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then, please press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are in Bill's story on page 10, or on the third paragraph. And I am going to ask Barbara E. to get us started. Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. And happy introduction to March coming up. I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had often pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are. For that means blind faith in the strange proposition that the universe originated in a cipher and aimlessly rushes nowhere. My intellectual heroes, the chemists, the astronomers, even the evolutionists suggested vast laws and forces at work. 
Despite contrary indications, I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay it all. How could there be so much of precise and immutable law with no intelligence? I simply had to believe in the spirit of the universe who knew neither time nor limitation, but that was as far as I had gone. Like Bill's grandfather, who I believe did believe in a higher power, because it says in that paragraph at the top, the spheres really had their music. It might not have been religious dogma, but he did believe in something. For me, the plane was going down. I was going to die. Someone offers me a parachute. I'm terrified. What if it doesn't open? A woman leans over and whispers, take a leap of faith. I know she's right. If I don't, I will surely die. I didn't recognize the many warning signs I had in my life that I was in a plane that was on its way to be crashed. I was committing suicide by knife and fork. I was unable to see when, clearly when I was making incorrect, dangerous, insane decisions. I built a steel wall of fear around me regarding my need for a higher power that is not me, my food, a sponsor, or the power of the group. I had to find some power to help me to have all that. The tools alone wouldn't keep me safe. Having the best sponsor wouldn't keep me safe. I had to accept help from a different source, but I was resistant. I was told I could pick and choose what I was willing to do, but I couldn't, I'm sorry, couldn't pick and choose. I couldn't water down the program. I had to find some way to allow the possibility of my own concept of a higher power into my heart and develop a relationship of trust in that power. The tools I understood, they were concrete. Talking to to others, building a community of other compulsive overeaters. But why all the steps? I constantly lived in fear of regaining my 130 pounds again. I was argumentative, dishonest, selfish, cold, and uncaring. The tools never addressed these areas. Step one was easy for me. I knew I was broken. I needed something more, and I heard people start to talk at my groups about the steps in the big book. But God, I didn't think I could embrace that idea. So I decided to make a list of the pros and cons of taking step two, the parachute. The evidence for me was overwhelming. I certainly was not doing a great job on my own. I had to find a way to lay aside my skepticism and look at the steps as a pathway to a spiritual transformation. On page 55 in We Agnostics, it says, we were actually fooling ourselves because deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. I did find a simple higher power I could go to every day. It's simply the power of good, that tiny little flame that burns within me that I can choose to nurture and turn to every day so that I may never again be that raging, oppositional, judgmental, lonely person again. I found a way to take that leap of faith. I took that parachute. I jumped out of the plane. It opened. I am saved. I feel like I've been given a new lease on life. 
to be a better person, to give other people the parachute they need so they won't plummet to the earth in pieces. Thank you so much, everyone. I pass. Amy, star one to unmute. Oh, beg pardon, everyone. I was just complimenting Barbara for getting us started and then offering opening up for shares. And again, if you haven't shared in a day or two, please feel free to share up first and let everyone give room to someone new. Kitty G from Boston. Minky W. Three K. Sharing Chrissy G. Minky okay. W. Nancy P. from Boston. Ben. Sharon K. Okay, I've got Katie G., Marie J., Sherry K., Chrissy P., Nancy P., and Sharon someone. Sharon, last initial, please. Wasn't there a Sharon? I thought I heard a Sharon. Shannon, maybe? I think you already got me earlier. Okay, sounds good. So I can take another uh, person or two. Elise N. Tina S. M and Tina S. There we go. Perfect. So I have Katie G., Marie J., Sherry K., Chrissy P., Nancy P., Elise P., and Tina S. If I didn't get your last initial right, you could just correct me when I call you up, please. All righty, Katie G., let's get started. Thank you. Katie G., star one. Can't Good morning, Katie. Amy. Sorry Katie. about that. Hi, it's Katie G. from Boston, recovered. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, um, I definitely pondered, you know, yeah, there must be something bigger than me. Um, when I was eating, when I was drinking, like, I was like, yeah, you know, that, that definitely makes sense. But that was as far as I had gone. I didn't turn my will and my life over to the care of God. I didn't want God directing my life, you know, and, and instead, you know, I, I said that there was a God and then I played God. And how do I play God in program? Like, how do I play God? I, I judge others. I tell others how to live their life. I can I control my life. I I drive my life into the ground, um, saying, "Okay, well, God, I know you're God, but this is what I need. This is what I need to do. This is who I need to be. This is what's going on." And unfortunately, living that life, believing in God, and then playing God, does what? It gets me um, sick in my head. So that eating feels like a step up. So that bulimia feels like a step up. And what I've learned in coming into program, because when I finally surrendered, it wasn't because I wanted a power greater than me. It was because I wanted to stop eating and binging and purging. I, I, all I knew was that what I was doing wasn't working. But it wasn't enough to just say, okay, I have faith that these things are going on. You know, I have faith. Like, I had to get out of the way. And how do I do that? By uncovering, discovering, and discarding everything that is not me. 
by realizing, like, looking in my step four, how do I play God? How do I judge others? How do I misperceive everything that's going on? And then get shocked when I'm shoving food or my finger down my throat, right? Like that's what I have to look at because I have sick thinking. And one of the things today, thank you God, as a recovered woman, I don't want to eat, I don't want to binge, I don't want to purge, and God is managing my life, right? Like it's not like all of a sudden sometimes I hear people say, oh, you know, my life is manageable today. No, thank you, ma'am. No, thank you. I got fired four times in recovery from the same job. And what was the job title? Manager. Not even kidding. That's a different story. But really, I can't, I can't manage my life today, right? And I have to have God. And how do I do that? I, I ask God. I, I, I step out. I take contrary actions. You know, I was told early on, Katie, if you have a thought, do the opposite. Don't listen to your, don't listen to what your brain is telling you. Do the opposite. And um, today, thank you, God, I can get unblocked and, and step out in faith, which for me today, I'll just wrap up with this. For me today means even when I don't believe that, you know, things are going to work out, I trust. I, I take action. I move a muscle. And, um, and that's where the freedom is. I'm like, excuse me, with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Marie J, it's your turn. Good morning. This is Marie J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, boy, I love this. You know, I have a belief in the spirit of the universe, but that's as far as I had gone. That's what Bill said, and that's how it was for me, too. I had a belief in God, but that's as far as it went. I was raised in religion, and I was raised in a pretty strict Catholic um, household, and it was ingrained in me. I went to church and my mind was trained to believe, but I never had a personal relationship with God. I didn't even have a clue about what that meant. And when I came into this program, I was so angry about the God that I was given. And that God was judgmental and critical and you know, I had a vision of God sitting on a throne up in heaven with a lightning bolt pointed right at me. And I was just always full of fear of getting in trouble, of making a misstep. So that's the God that I had. Of course, I didn't have a personal relationship with that God. And when I got here, I agreed to read the book, but I refused to even use the word God. And in my very first big book, which I, which I wish I had now, and I feel so tender for, for me when I started because I crossed out the word God on every single page of the big book and wrote HP and, and said, okay, I'm going to try to find this, this higher power thing. And thanks, thank God that my sponsor was tolerant. And I spent hours and days and weeks and months working on a personal relationship with a higher power of my understanding. And I wrote about it, a, a, a higher power. And what would it look like if I had a higher power? And I went through two relapses and had to start over because I could not release my, my bloody grip on the way things are, my ideas about the way things are, and my control and my self-reliance. And I was stubborn and I was defiant and I just wasn't going to believe in yeah, having a personal relationship. I was lesbian porn and my daughter happened to walk in on me okay. while I was stroking like a we demon. I was about on the last stroke. Thank you. But so I wanted what you had. 
I wanted what you had, and I wanted it badly enough to find this higher power and to build a relationship with the power. And everyone I saw who was recovered had this connection, and they were recovered, and their lives were better. And so today, I've been able to set aside everything I think I know. I've been able to set aside my stubbornness and doubt, and that's what sustains my life today. Not just my abstinence, not just my food. My whole life is sustained by this power, this and amazing uh, power that I finally have a relationship with. You know, her and her friend went to the shops. Thank you so much, Marie J. <laughs> Thank <Kay>. you. <laughs> Your turn. Hi. Um, thank you. I'm Sharon Kay from Canada. Sharon, there uh, we go. I'll come back to live with her and a friend. And uh, I'll be helping you. I'm Go ahead, Karen. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, Sharon, I can hear you just fine. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, I when I first came into program, I also had real trouble with God. I had been I had grown up um, in a family that mocked people who believed in God. And my story is I I tried to do program without God. Like I mean, to me. The obvious answer to step one is yes. The obvious answer to step two is yes. Like, and so I kind of went through and then treated it more like a school book exercise. That didn't work. Eventually, I got to the place where I did believe in God, but that's where that's as far as I went. Um, I I struggle with um, thinking that thinking about God is the same as believing in God. And I sometimes I make connecting with God harder than it really is. You know, I, I play stories in my mind about like, I feel like I'm talking to a wall. I feel like that. And the truth is that when there are ways that I connect with God that work for me, you know, when I write stream of consciousness and I don't let my pen stop on the paper, I get beyond my head and I get to a level of connection. And when I use those tools that really work for me, more doors open and more ways of connecting with God work for me and my spiritual life grows and grows. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. Sharon Kay, Chrissy P, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Chrissy P, star one. Chrissy, are you still out there? Okay, well, if you get back, uh, we can just put you down at the end of the rotation there. Chrissy G. Okay. Well, Nancy, why don't you go ahead? Hi, it's Nancy. Chrissy G. Oh, there we go. Christine. Hi, thanks. Oh, Hi, this is oh, Chrissy sorry. G. All right, so we're going to go. Uh, Nancy, I'm sorry. We found Chrissy. So oh, I'm sorry. Chrissy G. No, no, no. It's, no, that's totally fine. Okay. It's me. So Chrissy G. No we're going to go ahead, and then Nancy No worries. G. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. I just, um, listen, just listening to this, it just reminds me of what my, my process has been in coming, coming to believe in a power greater than myself. And it, it has been such a process. And I have to say for me, the, um, everything that's been, that Bill's written or, um, any of the founders have written about that process and all of the barriers to why I um, 
I should believe were really helpful for me. It really, because it wasn't like, I think that the, the barriers that we have as human beings in trying to believe that there's something that loves us that's out there, that's in charge of everything. I don't think there are a million different um, reasons for believing that. I think there are a few. You know, I think there's, you know, when you look around and you see how could there be a God that loves us all when, you know, children die of disease and, you know, all of those things that used to be barriers to me believing um, when, when I would go to meetings and we would read, um, we agnostics and we would read stuff in the 12 and 12, um, the 12 steps and 12 traditions blue book. Um, we used to read that stuff. It used to make me think, yeah, you know, there, how, how do we turn on the light switch and expect that the light should come on? You know, when there was so much of that evidence in my life that I never, I never realized I was always like a good addict, always focused on what God wasn't doing and not focused on what he was doing and in my life. And there are still, there are still gray areas. It's not to say I have a, a great faith and, and I, I love my relationship with my higher power. I cherish it. But there, I understand having doubts. I understand that. And it's, it's really difficult to get past. But my experience has been, if you open the door up just a little bit, you know, um, God will do the rest. And, um, and it's progressive. Faith is progressive, just like recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. All right, Nancy P., it is your time. Please go ahead. Hi. Hi. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I my process with this was long and arduous because, um, you know, I sat there for 48 years until, um, until I was even willing to believe. And I loved what somebody said about um, um, brought up or illustrated um, the idea of God residing inside each of us because, you know, I, I've said this before, I used to think that if only I were Catholic, all my problems would be solved because, you know, they have the pomp and ceremony and the trappings really well defined. And, um, and my best friend growing up was Catholic and always had to go to confession and go to services, whatever, uh, mass. And, um, so I thought, oh, if only, you know, and, um, but that wasn't where, how I grew up. And so, um, you know, I just sat there and I'd see other people like seeming to have, you know, it, and I just wasn't, couldn't get there. And when, you know, it was, and it's, it evolved like just the other night when I went to a meeting, this, this really became starkly obvious to me that um, if it's inside, then I don't have to worry about finding it. I just have to worry about chiseling away all the stuff that's around, you know, that, that that's covering it up. And and that has, you know, without knowing it, without realizing it, that's what seems to have happened to me because I don't really like the word God because I don't understand it. And, um, you know, I was raised in a household that was certainly um, 
um, observant, if not devout. And, um, and my parents tried to give me every advantage of, you know, religious upbringing, you know, and, um, and in, in terms of really anything, but especially this particular problem, I got nowhere fast. And, you know, when I was finally brought to my knees, very violently, this was not an easy, it was like being born. That's what it says in the book, you know, and being born is hard work. And, um, you know, it says we're reborn and, and, um, you know, babies sleep all the time because it's hard work being born. <laughs> and, um, and, and it was hard work for me to be born. And, um, you know, I can say that my attitude about my higher power is still evolving. And I'm so, I'm really thrilled about that because I'm only, um, I'm only abstinent, what, 15 months, something like that. And um, after almost 50 years in the program, I mean, I'm, I'm awake and gaining experience. I'm spiritually awake now and gaining experience every day for only 15 months. And so the best is yet to come. Holy moly, you know, that's awesome. And, um, you know, I, I loved what Barbara said about the flight plane because I often have thought that my spiritual awakening was exactly, I'll wrap up, was exactly like, flinging myself out of a plane into the void and lo and behold, I was caught and carried and I'm ever so grateful. So thank you all for being here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy P. Okay. Elise N. It is your turn. Please go ahead. Elise N. Please press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Elise N. Thank you for calling on me, and thank you for your service. Um, I didn't grow up with um, parents that told me about belief in God. Um, my father's a Holocaust survivor, and, you know, he would say, you know, look what people did in the name of religion to other people. Um, and he wasn't sure he believed in a God. It wasn't until my sister, daughter, came very sick that he said he and I had some people praying for her and she was getting better that he said you know like where he had that kind of event where he saw that prayer works that he said you know you know pray double time so he saw like like they say there's no atheist in a foxhole type of thing but um I used to though when I was younger look at my hands and, and wondered how we could move our hands and how we could talk if there was no God, there was nobody directing us. I felt that those things had to come from somewhere. Um, but the first time that I really, really connected with it was with when I was in OA and I started to lose weight and I got down to what I would call my goal weight years ago, this was 30 years ago, and um, I started to believe in God, really believe in God, because I knew that I could never lose weight on my own. God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And losing weight, keeping it off, I could never do on my own. So I knew that there was a force greater than myself that was restoring me to sanity and helping me. And that's when I decided I had to say thank you. And that's when I actually was led from um, OA into my own religion, into saying thank you through my own, um, you know, my own uh, faith and my own religion. And it's 
it's the cornerstone of my life uh, now. It's given me my life um, because everything I have with my family and my community, everything that I have comes from that awakening that I had in a way um, where I needed to say thank you. So um, I'm very grateful uh, for this program. Thanks again for your service, and I'll pass. Thank you, Elise N. Tina S., your turn. Please go ahead. Thanks so much, Amy. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. You know, I, you know, I'm no diff- I'm so grateful that I belong. You know, as someone had shared earlier, a couple people actually, and you know, and it's my story too. You know, I was raised Catholic, and you know, early on in my life, I, you know, that was just what I did, and it's what I believed, and all that stuff that I feel today, I felt as a kid. But then at some point, you know, uh, you know, I'd always believed in, in in a God or power greater than myself, and then at some point. I, I felt like I had to be someplace different, that I wasn't wasn't good enough, or whatever that came from, I don't know. But, you know, what I learned in, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous is that I can be who I was right where I was and start there, that I didn't have to be anybody different, and that God would come to me, that he would take me to a place beyond my wildest dreams, that all I had to do was come to believe, you know, just have a, a bit of a willingness, and that was all that I needed. And then the people in the rooms, you know, they, they showed me what they did. And I thought, well, let me try that. Let me believe, let me act as if. You know, and today through acting as if, I have come to believe that power greater than myself not only restores me to sanity, you know, which I never thought I had much of anyway, but gives me a life beyond my wildest dreams. I have a transformation that comes about through the process. And I love that it was talked about. It's the process. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's not none of that. But it's the process. And I come to a place of, I believe, I have a relationship that was talked about earlier with a power greater than myself that is phenomenal. One day at a time, I cultivate this thing. And, you know, who would have thought? How do we get here from there? You know, the only answer that I've ever had is the 12 steps. And so grateful and glad to be on the line. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Okay. So we are going to open the line for some more shares. Uh, who would like to share? Please chime Madam. in. Madam. Madam. Christina O. Phyllis D. Christina O. Phyllis D. Carmela G. Carmela G. Beth W. Richard B. Richard. Nora F. Beth Nora. W. Is it Beth W? I'm missing that. Beth. Robin P. Beth, Beth W. Okay, w. got you. Thank you. Beth W. Let's go with this group and see what we've got here. Matt M., Christina O., Phyllis D., Carmela G., Richard B., Nora, I didn't get your last initial, Beth W. Okay. Matt M. Okay, also, if there's any interruptions, just wait a second and then go ahead, okay? Just keep on rolling. Great meeting, everyone. Okay, Matt, your turn. Thank you for your service, Amy. Thank you for your service, everyone else on the line. Good evening, good morning. This is Madame Compulsory from New Jersey. I just want to share, like, you know, in the beginning when I first started this program, I didn't believe much of anything. I didn't really believe in a higher power. I do now, now that I'm newly abstinent again, I work in the program. And for a while, for the longest time, I treated this program like it was a dieting calories club, you know, as 
someone else says in line, dieting with group support. And I thought that if I could just do that long enough, I would lose the weight. Everything would be great. And I could just go back to eating like I normally eat. And that doesn't work, you know. And I'm grateful that just for today I can stay home and work a program and work it with my sponsor and just take it one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Christina O. Or Christine O., please go ahead. Uh, Christina O. from Massachusetts. Uh, thank you for your service, Amy, and everyone else who's been helping out with the meeting. Um, I'm I'm in a difficult place. I'm I'm had a relapse, and I'm back looking the steps. I'm in the middle of my fourth step, and I I am so angry at God. Uh, I can't tell you, and I I keep trying to. F- figure out why I'm so angry and there are some you know there are some reasons in my life um for the anger but I'm just I'm I'm as I'm listening to people today I'm realizing that um I'm I'm cutting myself off from the light of the spirit just to just you know the expression cut off your nose to spite your face and um uh it's been so good listening to everybody and uh i i just really need some help so if if anyone who's dealt with anger at god could call me i'm on the membership list and christina's spelt with a k i would love to hear uh from people uh so thank you uh very much and i pass thank you so much christina Phyllis D, it is your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, everybody. My name is Phyllis D from Illinois and um, comp- um, recovered compulsive overeater. I just, all of a sudden, this is my first time sharing. I'm scared to death. But this uh, part of the <laughs> this part of the big book just all of a sudden came to me. Um, I was raised in a family. They did smattering of uh, taking us to church and that kind of thing. But inside the house, it was a very scary place. And um, and when I was doing the steps of, it's been a few years back, my sponsor said, I, I said, I have a hard time believing and loving God. Um, and he said, well, who were your higher powers growing up? And of course, when, you know, you don't ha- really have a concept of God. I didn't. When you're little, your higher powers are your parents. And my parents weren't very good role models for God. Um, I've come to come to grips with that and um, gotten over that anger. And I'm grateful for the program for that. But that's the way I was raised and always scared um, of saying the wrong thing, being the wrong thing, told I wasn't, told I couldn't sing, I couldn't do anything and all kinds of stuff. And my sponsor said, well, why don't you develop your own God? Uh, what you think your higher power should be. And so I wound up making a list four pages long of the things I really wanted God to be, including he he wanted to hold my hand, which that didn't happen in my family. He wanted to uh, take me in his lap. He wanted wanted to hear me sing. He loved to hear me sing. Uh, And it was just a long list of things that I yearned for. And um, I came to believe in that higher power. And and uh, it still took years of uh, of uh, of uh, struggling with the rest of the program 
and even with that step, because I kept taking back the power, I was a controller and a manager also, as someone said earlier, and I had a hard time letting go with that until I came into this meeting. And I'm listening to it, and uh, I wanted to have that spiritual experience, but I never had had it until I got abstinent, and I started working these steps, and all of a sudden, I'm standing in the middle of the room, and it felt like all that controlling and managing and being angry was just lifted out of me. I don't know how it truly felt like a spiritual experience. And I haven't, I haven't had those needs to do those things anymore since then and uh, on a daily basis. And I'm so grateful and I thank God every day and thank you. Thank you for this uh, meeting. Uh, it's had changed my life. And with that, I pass. So happy to hear from you, Phyllis. Welcome aboard. Okay, Carmela G. It's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you for your service. <clears throat> this is Carmela G. from New York. Um, and I was compelled to share this morning because on this line, I heard someone speak of Appendix 5, and it was the, the, the religious view of this program. And um, I never really went to that far back into the book and read those things. And in that appendix, it says that this program will enhance our religion. And I must say, I grew up in a faith-based family, and my parents brought us to church and I truly loved my religion. I, um, but it fed into my magical thinking. And that lasted for 67 years. And I kept pushing God out of the way and telling him what he had to do to make Carmela, the toddler, happy. Imagine being a toddler at three years old. Pretty pathetic. But anyway... All of those things continued on until my life was being threatened and God, I kept asking God, oh, I don't know why you're not fixing me, God. See, I was standing in his way, but I expected him to fix me anyway. And this one day I heard, no more, Carmela, no more. And that was the day I put my food down. And that, to me, was a spiritual awakening. And I work the program, as people on this line say, like my hair's on fire, because I was old. I was too old, and I thought, I have to do this quickly, and I have to get recovered if I want to live. And I must tell you, this will be my sixth year in program And I am recovered a good three years. And every day I communicate with people. And all of a sudden, sometimes they're understanding something. And it's so beautiful in my favor. And I realize that's the spiritual experience. Over and over, God is working every single day in my life. So this program allowed me to have 
a true relationship with God. And for that, I am so grateful because my life is so different and so peaceful. Thank you, and I will pass. Thank you, Carmela G. Richard B., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Richard B., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in County Cork, Ireland. Um, I've been struggling to get back to meetings for a while, and, um, yeah, my time had been very busy, and then my head was saying I didn't always need it, Um, which is absolutely silly of me and it just shows that I was trying to run the show and not a higher power uh, you know when I was when I was young um, I was in a church and um, I wasn't there for a belief in God then that it was a character well I realize now that it was a character defect of going uh, there in order for other people to like me and uh, you know Concerned about what other people would think of, and that uh, being concerned about what other people think of me is something that has has kept me from going back to meetings for a while. Um, I love the bit in this uh, paragraph where it says, "I had little doubt that a mighty purpose and rhythm underlay all," and it talks about chemists and intellectual heroes and astronomers. Um, I had struggled always to believe in God and the word God to me these days um, is not some person up in the sky playing a game of chess or anything like that. Um, I remember when I was in treatment in 2013 I was struggling with the step three and we all seemed to have it in our heads that we had to have a higher power, had to have one, had to believe. that we had one and uh, you know before we could go on to step four and you know the step says came to believe that a power could restore us to sound not that we had to have a higher power and i was i was thinking you know how how could i how could i find god was was what i was thinking when i was in treatment and then i was coming down the stairs from my room one day and it all of a sudden it hit me uh, that for me it needed to be the universe and the uh, the, the the creation um, and all things like that in in the astronomical sense. Um, <clears throat> sorry. So yeah, for many years, um, as I was saying when I was young. Um, it wasn't a power greater than myself. It was a power greater that was myself. Um, and I thought I was better than everybody else and that I was running the show. And I'm grateful that today uh, that is that has been cast aside and I am letting the universe run the show for me. So and tomorrow I will have 11 months abstinence, which is an absolute miracle. And I am so grateful. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Nora, it is your turn. Can you give me your last initial too, please? Yes, good morning. It's Nora S. Uh, S as in Frank? Uh, As in Sam. Oh, okay. All right, Nora S., please go ahead. Thank you. 
Hi, yes, I am uh, in Canada, in between, right in between um, Toronto and Ottawa, if anybody knows where that is. This is also my first time sharing. Thank Welcome. And thank you. Um, yeah, um, although I listen every day. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say about um, about the uh, the God thing. I know that uh, when I was little, none of my no, nobody in my family was uh, religious at all. Nobody went to church, but I found myself there lots of times when I was little. And I was trying to remember how I ever got to church because it wasn't anything that anybody I knew did really. But I think it was because of after-school programs of Bible school and uh, studies and things like that. But anyway, I loved going to church when I was little, and I, it was a real anomaly because there was nobody else in my neighborhood even, who went to church. So I just toddled off by myself when I was like six or seven or something. And I loved the feeling I got when I was there because I really felt uh, close to God. And I, I do believe that I did. I was born with, with uh, the knowledge of God in me. And it wasn't until, you know, years go by and things happen and that that block everybody talked about went up and I didn't, it wasn't cool to be a Christian anymore or to love God or to talk about God. And so, um, I, he wasn't, he wasn't my higher power for many decades. But when I look back along my life now and I think of all the horrible scrapes I got into and all of the, all of the bad decisions I made and all of the hopes that I had and, very often when I was really pushing for something and trying to control something and trying to make something happen, it didn't, it didn't work out for me. But what did happen was something that was so much better than I could have ever dreamt of as a result of me not getting my way. And that happened to me so many times over the course of my life. And I'm uh, 64, so I'm no spring chicken. But uh, it, 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 had, it makes me know that even if I didn't believe in anything if I just threw my life out there and let things take care of itself any random action out there was doing a better job of running my life than I was so I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to be back uh, at God's knee where, where, I, where I've been all along although I, I really didn't know it and uh, that's all I have to say I pass thank you so much Nora S Glad to have you aboard. Welcome. Okay, Beth W., your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W. from North Dakota. Can you hear me okay, moderator? Yep, sure can. Thanks. My, um, I am gratefully recovered today. And um, I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I had all pondered these things. I was not an atheist. Few people really are. Um, that struck me because on any given day, I can be a believer, an atheist, or an agnostic. And uh, <laughs> oh, I just, um, no, that's, <laughs> that's okay. And I just, it really, because um, I, I, you know, every, every moment of every day, I'm either believing and letting God um, direct my thoughts and my actions, or I'm um, agnostic and um, yeah there's a God but I don't really think God's gonna help me out here or I'm an atheist and and I am absolutely running the show and I can waffle between those things and I am um, I am um, I am a woman of faith I actually work for a church and I 
Um, and I still um, wander between these three definitions of, of faith, I, and I do it all the time. And, and um, this program, when I first came into Alcoholics Anonymous and then into OA, you know, I found God here. I found God waiting for me um, to help me strengthen my faith and to um, help me trust, because trust is a real big problem for me. You know, I... I uh, don't trust people, and so if I can't trust people who are the reflection of God in my life, then how do I trust God? And so to come into this program and find people who are trustworthy, who, who do reflect the love of God in my life, um, was super powerful for me, and, and who don't put up with my, my BS, and, and who call me out and, and say, you know, is that really, is that really true? You know, and and uh, is that really what you think God wants for you in your life? You know, that's so helpful and um, so powerful for me. And, and as we go through this book and we read these chapters and, um, and these words, that it just, it's just all for me a reflection of, of the love of a power that is greater than me. And so I had always believed in a power greater than myself. I just couldn't see it. I just couldn't see it all the time. And, and so uh, coming into these rooms and these meetings has helped me to see that power and um, really believe it every day. And even though I waffle still daily, um, the, the, the wandering is, is much shorter. <laughs> and it's, and it's uh, much easier to get back onto the path that I know I need to be on. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, and uh, Beth, so we have, uh, it looks like just about two minutes, and if you all don't mind, I would like to jump in and grab those. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. I mean, clearly what we're working through in these next, this paragraph and a couple of others are these old ideas, these old ideas and prejudices that Bill has. And on page 58 in the chapter, How It Works, it says, you know, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until we let go absolutely. Bill's sitting here with a crisis of faith with Ebby across the table saying, look, you know, starry-eyed, I've got religion here, and I'm recovered. And he could see. And he knew because he'd drunk with Ebby. You know, the Ebby had no power to stop drinking any more than Bill did. And, and he had something that Bill wanted. And when I went to my first Overage Anonymous meeting and I saw that starry-eyed look, I thought, oh, my gosh, could I have what it was that you all had? And then they mentioned God, and I literally got up in the middle of the meeting and left because of my agnosticism. But the crisis for me was that there was no power manifested in my life at that point. I worshipped at the altar of me, myself, and I. And I was dying of this disease, and I could not stop putting the food in my mouth and the finger down my throat, as was said earlier. So for me, my faith had to be a decision, had to be a choice, it had to be an act of my will. With my mind, I had to open myself up and be open-minded to believe in something different because I was powerless. And with my body, I had to act. I had to trust in whom the problem had been solved, which was you all. Gratefully, thank you, God, for the people in this program. Someone got out of that meeting and followed me out of the meeting and said, look, here's this, here's this pamphlet, 15 questions. She didn't try to convince me to believe in God. She just said, let the disease do the talking, and I had those 15 questions. Of course, I failed every single one. I was a true compulsive overeater. I became willing and open-minded, and then I used my will to make a choice 
For me, that's what it was, to just do something different, to be open-minded. They say the how of the program, honest, open, and willing. I had to be honest. I was powerless. I had to be open. I needed another way, and I had to be willing to take action, which was to take instructions, the instructions in these book, in this wonderful book that has the ability to transform lives and bring people to recovered status. Unbelievable, seemingly hopeless, and yet we have the power of this program in these 12 steps. And with that, I will stop the timer and go ahead and say thank you, everyone, for such an awesome meeting. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, could you please join us for a second unrecorded awesome hour of, of sharing immediately following with our host, Kim G. And the share ID for today's meeting, February 22nd, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 12,582. That is 12582. We are now going to close with the reading from page 164 in the big book. If Jen A. could go ahead and read that, that would be awesome. Good morning. Thank you, Amy. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.